0: Hi, hey, this is Tamika with Shisha of the Valley Hookah Catering, listening to some real shit podcasts. Shisha of the Valley LLC is the only company bringing the hookah lounge to you. We cater private events, dinner parties, pop-ups, bars, and restaurants. Please contact us for more information, 760-422-5112. Again, 760-422-5112. Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some Real Shit Podcasts. We're going to interrupt your scheduled business information meeting with Flower to introduce a new guest, Minister Jay. Minister Jay has a lot of information he wants to give to y'all. This has been one of the most interesting and intriguing interviews I've ever done. So here we go. hey welcome everyone to on some real shit
0: welcome welcome
1: i'm your host stacy and tamika and we're here with
2: minister jay
1: minister jay and minister jay tell us a little something about yourself
2: all right grew up in east california like 48 years old and currently locked in prison uh what is it
1: like to be in confinement well, confinement is always
2: a horrible thing being locked
1: up period can you elaborate no i was saying can
2: you elaborate yeah i mean it's the it's the fact of being locked up you can't ever do the things that you want to do in the distance of uh, the current situation right now is being like about seven hours away from
1: home. Okay. So um how how has it changed you? How has prison changed you? Oh
2: uh, now in this sense it caused me to uh do a lot of reading do a lot of reassessing of what individuals are friendships and what what individuals that I could see clear as day now was full of treachery right from the jump.
1: Okay. Can you can you explain that a little bit more?
2: Well yeah, I mean because when you when a lot of us that come in here, we came up in here gang banging. When you come in here gang banging it's always going to be some some of the game members that do their part, trying to keep what we consider as keeping it real, looking out for a brother. And then it's going to be those type of people that make false promises and they can't never keep it clean. Then over time, as you look through information and paperwork and you see they then betrayed the game, it's like a a stab in the back, I should say
1: okay so do you feel like you're looking for like a brotherhood in there
2: no you don't look for the brotherhood in here you had a brotherhood from the people that you know from the streets and if a brotherhood is established in here it takes more time than it would in actually being around the people that you knew in society already
1: okay so you're not you're not like meeting people that you find a long time friendship with, so to speak. Well, no, you
2: don't go you don't go looking for that, but it can happen because as we do time and we only up with certain people are, in some instances, having different sense, the friendship and the bond could get stronger because not only from a sense of during time, but you have other things that you're trying to find out that you have in common with a person.
1: Okay. Hmm. Do you think jail serves any good purpose?
2: Yeah, it probably serves a good purpose in the sense that you do have some people that that could be so far out of control that it will take this to slow people down make them appreciate more out of life and with some people who as i say come up in here maybe whether it's through sometimes different prisons
0: or sometimes through the staff itself they might find opportunities bigger in here than they may have potentially found on the streets because some people there they like in the streets as if they in prison i agree with that mm.
1: Mm-mm. that's true so do you do you feel like it serves any good purpose for you
2: that, do I feel like it serves any good purpose for me yeah uh, yeah because it, it, like I said it allowed me to dis- discord and disregard some people and basically I learned a lot of things about the law this place could make you learn things about the law that's not taught in law school
1: Let me say that. Mm. They do have that movie out where that guy went to, uh, when he went to jail or prison. That black dude. You remember that black dude? And he became a lawyer inside of there. Inside. Which one are you talking about? What's it called? Life? Oh. I don't know if it's Alabama, but there's a movie about it. It's called Life. He went to prison and he learned uh, a lot, like a bunch of law books and stuff. He just started reading it in there.
2: Okay, now to answer that question right here, because I know about a hundred, about a hundred different people that took themselves through that process, right? Mhm. So you have some of the situations like I'm I'm assuming right now that you may be talking about Byron Stevenson and the dude in Alabama named Anthony Ray Hinton. And you got people like him, you got guys like Sean Hopwood, Jared Adams, Uh, I want to say the brother that 50 Cent did the TV show was about, I want to say his name was Isaac Wright. But the, the, the material, the people is a lot larger than what's been coming out on the movie screen or through the screening process. So it's a series of guys, a a large series of guys who, after getting their cases overturned, for some being wrongfully convicted, some getting out through the parole board, took themselves through this process. Okay. And sometimes it's the law ain't always fair because they don't operate in an impartiality most of the time, the way that they would make y'all want to believe. And I'm currently in here with guys that have been locked up for over 50 consecutive years.
0: That is a very long time.
1: Yeah, do you feel like they actually did it? (laughs) Do you feel like they... A lot
0: of times a person
2: didn't do it. It's just more of a situation of being impoverished more than it is... The system functioning the way it's supposed to function.
0: Speak on right. okay. it. Okay. That's right.
1: So, what about your situation?
0: What about my situation?
1: Yeah. Do you feel like that speaks to your situation?
2: Yeah, and, though, because the, the, it's a, the it's a material that I sent Tamika earlier, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And... I want, I'm 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 not gonna mention that like that, but she can show you those two names, right? Okay.
0: And, and it basically like they 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 railroaded me in order to hold me for a bigger case. Um, okay. They're known for doing that.
2: And the thing is this right here. Let me use this case for example, since it was the biggest one. O.J. went in the the courtroom with 10 paid private attorneys, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, let's take his situation and compare it with somebody like, you go up in here with 10 lawyers and they're going to get some things done that a public defender or a state-appointed attorney can't do.
0: Correct. Mm -hmm. Or just won't do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the system oftentimes is books written about lawyers that have betrayed people. For the sake of getting that money. Sometimes just for the sake of getting that win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's
2: more for the sake of getting the win. And it's like, it's a brother that did 27 years in this system uh, named Elmer Geronimo Pratt. The FBI had this brother under surveillance in Oakland when two people get killed in Santa Monica. The FBI knew for a fact he couldn't have did it because they was watching him the whole time. So here it is. He had 27 years on the case. And then it was a group. Because everybody heard about the Black Black Panthers but not many people heard of the White Panthers. Right?
1: Oh. I didn't even know there was a White Panther. Okay. (laughs) The White Panthers had the tape to prove that they had this brother up under surveillance. But Yet still, the FBI never said nothing about it. And they knew he was in prison for all that time. And, this, and in those situations right there, hmm.
2: and usually mm-hmm. if a lawyer take on the case, they're going to lose. It's guaranteed going to be
1: like in a $100,000 range and up. That's me. interesting. No, yeah, I, I got you. I'm just learning something new about our system.
0: The, the system is twisted and wicked don't get me wrong um, we should all know that
1: yeah and the system was written like years and years and years and years ago so it's like you can't after a couple years yeah, but the they system... should have adjusted that according to the
0: changes
1: that our lives have gone through
0: yeah but you gotta understand them laws were made to keep I hate to say this because you always get on me but them laws was made to keep especially black Men down, so why change it? Because it's been doing its job, and now it's done its job so well that black men have just joined the fucking team. Like now, the system don't even have to fuck with our black men; we do it to ourselves. Right. Yeah. That's true.
2: And, and see that the answer to the answer to the question about some of the situation in here because it's like most of the jobs you don't know, a person don't even get paid. The prison jobs that they assign us to, right?
1: The what? Say that again?
2: That most of the jobs in the prison system, prisoners don't get paid to perform the jobs.
0: Yeah, because it's New Age slavery. Mm-hmm. You exactly. guys are at the New Age fucking plantation. Mm-hmm.
2: So if you look at the 13th Amendment, when it has the part to say slavery is illegal, except if you commit a crime. they wrote that back in who would be the ideal candidates that they would turn around and get instantly would be the same people that they held in slavery in the public eye. It's us.
1: Correct brother. Mm
0: -hmm. Speak on that. Correct.
1: And if you notice like a lot of people are funding and building more jails and prison but you don't see people building homeless shelters. You don't see them building (laughs) Like, I saw a company that was building um, many houses for homeless people. Now, we all know homeless people are the ones that might possibly be digging in your trash because they need food, they need clothes. I drove out here one day and I saw somebody and I was like, do you live here? And they were like, no, I don't live here, but there's some good stuff in your trash. And I was like, I just kept on driving. Because you know what in all actuality some of the stuff that i threw in my trash is stuff that you know I, I, tons of people would need and it's like i don't say anything about it all i ever really worry about is people messing with my kids and myself that's it but if the government spend a lot more funding on helping people with poverty they wouldn't have to put so much money into making prisons
0: yeah but when we when we get it out of our head that the government give a fuck about people we will be all right when we get it out of our head to figure out like hey they don't really care about people at all it's not about people that's why you got all these privately owned prisons because people you and i if we get some money and some funding we -hmm. can go and run us a prison Feed them sandwiches and shit, don't take care of them that good, have low staff in that bitch, letting the prisoners pretty much run the fucking place, but we sitting there getting paid, because it's a business. Mm. America's about capitalism, it's about business, nobody give a fuck about taking care of somebody. I think that's where it needs to all change. It ain't. It should. It ain't. It will, because
1: eventually at some point in time, that capital's gonna crumble.
0: That's, but see, then if the capital crumbles, that's the government's plan. Nothing will happen that they don't have planned. Yeah, for real.
1: You can't that's always pretty. plan
0: yes, everything. Yes, are you
1: kidding me? You can't plan everything. You yes, cannot plan everything. Everything is everything. planned. From the start hey, that they do hey, this. Let me, let me get in here real quick, right? Okay, <laughs> go ahead.
2: Take, take, take these two areas of life and where they can take money from, and, and they definitely could fix the homeless problem. They could reduce the prison populations if they want to, right? right. Take away Take away some of the money that they use for, for NASA. Take away some of the money that they use for the military in general. Right. You reduce those two areas, you could fix homelessness. You could create a lot of more things to help people get out of this place and be reformed and rehabilitated. And it'll help out a whole bunch of situations. Because I tell people all the time, they always say what China is doing. Will China surpass America? If when China does surpass America, it will be for two reasons. Too many people that they done locked
1: up and not the ability to deal with the racial issues. Well, we all know when you go about shit that way, it ain't going to help. No matter how much they plan it, it ain't going to help. Because I swear to you, I feel like at the end of the day, uh, in Revelation, at the end of the day, it's going to be all fucked up. Because you're not protecting God's people.
0: That's my whole look hey, Minister it. Hey, Minister <laughs> Yeah. that would be a whole nother podcast on her talking about Revelation. We'll talk about how that shit was planned, too. <laughs> yeah, for
2: real. Because hey, yeah, they, they got it planned for a lot deeper than what you may want to believe. So oh,
0: please they, believe it. Just like right now, the way they run the country, they got a plan for it. Someday, they're going to want socialism. This new age young people, everybody want a helping hand. Everybody want to, what about my chair? You bought a chair? What if you didn't get me a chair? Everybody wants socialism. Everybody want to be taken care of. And and they got, this, they got us started with that by just giving people checks. And people don't have to go to work. How I many people out of a job now? Not because they ain't no job, they don't wanna work, because why the government giving you money to sit at home so that they can control you and tell you what to do, what you're not gonna do? That shit is all planned. Mm. Planned. Yeah, without,
1: without well, a doubt.
2: Plan. They they never ever just spontaneous acting. You can believe that. This structure movement is for real.
1: Well, I think it's it's time for that to have a little change in that narrative because everything is always structured on this, like what's in the book and how we gonna do that. And then once people are aware of this situation and then you try to take it to a whole different ways, I think that's how the changes begin is making sure that people are aware of it. So that way other people can have the ideas that is going to make it better cuz right now we have a bunch of old people with their ideas. And you know how old people are, they stuck in their ideas. Um,
0: I hate to say I'm so happy we got old people around with ideas. Mm-hmm. Because have you have you talked to young people? I'm talking about
1: the other old people. The are one you, that's got have the tattoos. You talked that's to big, the
0: young people lately.
1: Yes, but that's not my point. My point is it's the ones that <clears> throat> build Motherfuckers
0: <throat> don't <throat> know shit.
1: The ones that are building the 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 prisons. That's what I'm talking about. Those old old people. Not the ones that have the idea, the, the, you know, that's why the world is so segregated. I don't care how you look at everybody segregated, whether you want to look at a color. We got Republicans, we got Democrats, we got everybody we'll so separated, but it's just separated ideas. It's not, se- it's like, okay, so we can look at it like me and you, we got two different ideas on how yeah, to do yeah. shit all the time. But at the end of the day, we still want the same Think right, we just think, shut up, to be good. (laughs) Some of the days we want to just be in peace, we want to be able to walk outside and pick up our newspaper in our comfortable little houses and not worry about somebody about to rob us or my car's missing or shit like that going down, you know what I mean? Or we don't want our kids to be like, oh, I got to go pick up my kid from the police department because, you know, we in a rich neighborhood. So they thought my son was, uh, you know, the robber that the neighbors were saying stuff about, you know, shit like that. That's the world we eventually want to avoid. And I know that, you know, I've seen a lot of things where it's like, You know, yes, that narrative is there. We are labeled as aggressive. We are labeled as these things. And the reason why is because we've always been. Since slavery, we've always been. Why? Because we've always had to fight. We always, since day one, we had to fight to get off the boat. We had to fight slavery. We had to fight change. So till this day- No, we
0: were fighting to not get off that boat.
1: We were fighting to get off the boat. No. And stay our asses in Africa and, and on Jamaica Plantation. Oh, I thought you was
0: talking about once they got
1: held. Was like, no, they to no, be no, 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 We still in Africa. Because they rather really had
0: died in the middle of the sea.
1: Well, okay. So we still in Africa. We still in Jamaica. Wherever we are, we're still there. We're fighting to get off the boat. We are not fighting to get off the boat once we get to America. We don't know shit about America. And now we're here. And now we're labeled as what they, you know... Some stupid conversations people have about, you know, uh, black people, and like I've watched these these YouTube videos about where they're like, Korean people rarely ever see black people in their country. What's your first, um, you know, depiction? What, what's your perception of how black people are? And they're like what we see on TV. When you see those kids and they're fighting after school, and you see people recording those, this is what the country is seeing of us. And that's why when I see, like today, actually, and I was so proud of it, I went to go get me my little Starbucks fresher. And I saw this lady with her son, a Girl Scout, or Boy Scout or whatever, selling cookies. And I walked by, and they're, they're black. And I said, he's like, can you buy these? I said, no, I can't, because my ass is on a diet. But I will go, with, after I come back out, I'll throw you some cash. You know why? Because I was actually proud to see there were changing some narrative about that. It was a boy that was actually selling it because you always see Girl Scout Cookies is always a little girl, right? But it is a mom helping her boy. And I threw him him some cash, you know what I mean? Because I like seeing that. I like them changing the narrative. And if people understand to change the narrative with our children, when you see this going on or this could possibly happen to you, change the narrative. Change this so that way we don't always look like what you see on TV fighting with somebody about, oh, this is what we do after school. This is what things are like. Change the narrative. That's my opinion on that. Because they are putting uh, they're putting everybody in prison and 95% of blacks that are in prison, they're like, well, look at that. 95% of black men are in prison because they're savages. And I've heard motherfuckers say shit like that. I've heard people say that. That shit put like somebody in the face for saying that shit.
2: They say that 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 we here because of what? Savages. No, nah, that's shit. I mean, because you think of this right here is like they got they the Supreme Court passed a law now. Because let me go back to the lawful convictions through uh, Brady B. Merlin, right? Who? Like, you think about the fact if over four thousand people. And had their cases overturned and was exonerated, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes the, the prosecutor know either the detectives didn't, didn't destroy some evidence or never had some evidence or the prosecutor may have destroyed the evidence, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How come less than one percent of them has been convicted? Mm. Good question. Now, you heard before when Martin Luther King said you can't legislate morality, right? Mhm. And what he meant by that was no matter what laws is put in place, the deck is stacked against us no matter what. That's right.
1: Well, that's probably why they create like stuff like grants for minorities. That's why they create shit like that. Redlining. Because they know racism is out there. They know these things exist, but then there's people that are good that say, you know what? I'm going to help out somebody because I know when you go in there and and you want to get a business loan or you, you just got out of jail and you want to start fresh. You can't start fresh because you have that, that on your record. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I can't hire you. I'm sorry. I can't hire you. But there's people out there like, yes, we hire people who just got out of jail. I even saw a guy when I was driving down uh, the street. He had a sign up. Been in jail for eight years. Anything will do. There's no one to help that person. There's no one to guide him. Like, you know how we have a a mentor for our business? As women, we could do that stuff. It's not as bad for for women, but now it's bad for men because men, they look at men like they're savages. So it's hard for the men, actually. When they get out of jail, who they have? What mentor do they have? That's why, like, for me, I feel like if I was able to, like, get on top and be able to be like these rich people, like Oprah and all those other people, that would have been something that you could have funded. That could have been something you put your money into. Like, as much as you build in your income, build in your capital, and now you put that back into helping, less fortunate people, and then you really can take people off the streets. You don't got to really worry too much about, oh, there might be somebody robbing my house. No, they got a house them damn selves.
2: Yeah. Uh, see, uh, I don't know how much Oprah probably got herself involved in that situation, right? Uh,
1: did she? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't yeah,
2: know about I was, Oprah. I was about I think to say Oprah's I'm more of a, a more of a Sheila Johnson or a Kathy Hughes type person, right? She what? No, I say I'm more of a, a Kathy Hughes or a Sheila Johnson type person, right? Okay. And they might be a little bit more persuasive in that area than Oprah is, even though all three of them is billionaires, right? Mm-hmm. They're a little bit more persuasive in that area than Oprah. O- Oprah, a lot of times, she'd act- she act too naive or maybe she really is naive on really what's going on. Oprah with them white, rich motherfuckers. She knows what's going on. She only gonna involve herself for
0: what she's
2: going on. One of, of the things also that that's now starting to go on within the past six years is you have a lot of people that come inside of this place as volunteers right Mm -hmm. so the 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 prison administration they don't even like that and it it goes into making it easy to tell where their mentality is nowadays the prisons then got a lot safer than what they were when i initially came in right okay oh i'm sure all
0: the programs and different things and since
1: the
2: riots and all that stuff don't exist at the level what they do that, that they did in the past, this building that I'm in got like about twelve completely empty cells, right Mhm. but yet and still, when the person arrive off the bus instead of him just letting that person get the empty cell, they'll come bring this person into somebody else's cell, right Mhm. okay now the dilemma in that right there is if, let's say, one person want to make alcohol or sell drugs in order to survive, right? Okay. But the other one don't want to do that. It don't want to agree with that, right? Okay. The CO's a place a person in a bad situation and basically this like, oh, well, it ain't our problem. Yep. But if, if you come in here and find this stuff, then you want to say it belongs to both people. Mm. Now, it's those type of things right there is where the system is unjust. Yeah. You got some brothers that's in here that's mentally, mentally destroyed. Probably should have been at a, a mental hospital a long time ago. I agree. But since the state make more money, the prison system make more money by holding you, and the state is charged more money if they send a person to a mental hospital, they don't want to do it. mm. Now, I'm think of, think of, of that. how many prisons that they've built. It, look, right now, California has 34 prisons. And then think of how many mental health hospitals that they have.
0: What do you mean? The mental health hospitals we did have, they took them away.
1: They closed them and sent everybody further away. And if you can't get there, how are you going to get there? They're further in second
0: I'm
2: saying that. I'm saying that to say this, is back to the poverty situation, right? Right. They put impoverished people in prison, even though a lot of these dudes should really be in a hospital. Mm. Because look at this situation like with me talking to y'all. Most of us that still got enough of our sanity in place, we understand it's an unwritten rule amongst the convicts that at 10 o'clock at night to 6 o'clock in the morning, ain't no talking loud and yelling on the tear, right? Mm-hmm. But if you got a brother that got the mental capacity of a five-year-old, he can't understand that rule. Yeah.
1: So, they're, right they're, so they'll so they probably go in there and just mess with him. Of course. He'll, him he'll, shut up. he'll get beat up because he can follow
2: something that to us is a basic rule.
1: And I can't imagine like parents who have like autistic children or handicapped children or some kind of disability losing their child in that system. Like I feel like that is what happened. You lost your child in that system.
2: Right. And even lately, uh uh I've been starting to tell my mom and basically anybody who I could talk to like letting them know which prisons is in which counties, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the significance of that is like, let's say, for instance, oh, somebody died right now, whether they OD on drugs, the police kill them, or another prisoner kill them, right? Mm. It's the job of the, of the county DA to investigate the case, right?
1: You would think so.
0: Okay.
2: If something was to happen right here, the DA is supposed to do the investigation. Now, the California attorney general could come overstep the DA and do the job, but a lot of times they don't, right? And what these people that run the system try to do, they try to make all of, every, anybody in the public feel so scared to come up in this place. And it's like, listen, it ain't no record of nobody ever attacking no civilians that come up in here to visit these places or come in for a tour, right? Mhm. And at any time, they can lock this whole prison down, allow people to come in for a tour, or they can they can allow certain people to talk to the
1: inmates in the visitor room where they have all of these cameras. So you're like a zoo animal, basically. Almost. Yeah, you can pretty much say
2: that. And think of the fact, for years, Mm because now they're starting to put cameras in here in in several other locations, right? Yeah. The same officers that for years was claiming that prisons is so violent, this and that and this and that, they didn't want cameras
1: inside of the prisons. Mm -hmm. No, they didn't. Inside, the, inside yourself so imagine
2: like how you said you or Tamika or, or, or any person that might feel like an area that they around that you all around is too violent right
0: mm-hmm.
2: why would you say it's too violent and then say you don't want cameras though yeah because mm-hmm.
0: I don't want cameras to show how I get down at work on my
2: twelve-hour shift. Exactly. Mhm. And so you have these situations. Or where how you know, I lack of doing my job.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. They, they used to, they used to. We're not used to. They still do. Sometimes they beat up these guys that suffer from mental illness. They allow the dogs to attack these guys that suffer from mental illness. Or even go so far as to plant drugs and plant
0: weapons on people. Oh, I, I know how they get down. It's horrible. Um, I saw them putting cameras in on that show, um, 60 Days In. And I know that show does not show what really goes on, but it did show the video cameras that they were putting inside um, the prison.
2: Yeah. And it is. this is something that's long overdue, you know what I'm saying?
0: And And... The video cameras that was on and the only people that knew the cameras, the show was going on was like the warden or maybe his right hand man. Nobody else was supposed to know, not even the staff. So you would see women's staff or men's staff when like the, the inmates, because they would show men and women. You would show an inmate saying, um, excuse me, can I get this? Or hey, ma'am, uh, what time is this? Or "Or hey, I'm, I'm not feeling good. This girl over here is in this uh, cell. She looks like she's about to pass out. And you, you will see one of the workers just, like, put her head down and start reading the book. Like, uh, I don't want to hear about that. Because
1: mm. yeah.
0: in reality,
1: it's like they're getting paid to just really sit there. And they're not. Like, you know how me and you are when it comes to our work ethics. Now, put those type of people in there. You'll get somebody who's there. Because it's their job, and they love to do it, and they want to help people out, and then you'll get people there that's just there for a paycheck and that's so see let me let me throw
2: this in real quick shit. let me throw this in real quick right now i'm a i'm a i don't know if you in the medical field uh stacy so let me say this a lot of the times the the, the, the medical staff had issues where they have neglected people right mm. But the medical staff also have been in situations where the COs are prevent them from doing their job, correct?
1: From saving people's lives.
2: Exactly, and it's been in the women's prison. I don't. I, I want to say they still do it right to this day, but I know for a fact they used to shackle pregnant women in California.
1: Shackle them for what? When they move in, when they transport them? when
2: they take them to an outside hospital, they will shackle
1: them. Oh, or put them on a
2: bus ride they'll shackle them.
1: That's embarrassing. I mean, I get where there's there's that too, you know, that, that maybe she'll run, maybe something will happen, but you also got to remember, also, women in a fragile state when they're pregnant. You don't really think too much about shit like that, but then again, you never know. I want to have my how, baby, so who knows? How much, how much running can a woman do if she
2: five, six months or later in the pregnancy?
1: A lot, if she's one of those people.
2: At five or six months?
1: Yeah, I was doing shit at five or six months.
0: That's why my kids came early. So the five, six-month-pregnant woman is going to outrun some young whoop-a-snapper. No, <laughs> I
1: ain't talking about that. You know I'm just talking about me in general, but that's what the fucked-up thinking they thinking. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yes. No, it's just bullshit. It is bullshit. I'm just saying. She always just saying. It's <laughs> <the> fucking bullshit. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so Minister Jade. Yes. Since you've been incarcerated, um. I know that cause, because I do know you personally and I know your family, I know that you have had um, some major losses since you've been in there. Um, and I know that you probably see that happen all the time. And me personally, when I see things happen like that, it breaks my heart completely. Um, you know, so one of my questions is to you, you know, um, have you experienced or are you able to share some of the experience of the loss that you've had in the 20 years that you've been there that really affected you?
2: Am I able to share some of the losses that have affected me? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, shit, with, with with my all my grandparents, my dad, my sister, Terry, every one of those single situations hurt.
1: They because give you these counseling? people at some
2: point in time, well, not, not at some point in time, the whole time when I, I knew was the ones who could make me laugh the hardest or make me cry the most tears. And not being able to allow to go to, not not allowed to be able to go to the funerals rooms or not up under a lawful or legal situation, not being allowed to even look at a video streaming so the services is something that's always painful, and just like any any other human being. When I heard the stories about each one of them, I definitely shed tears.
1: Is there therapy in there? Is it who? Is there therapy in there when you lose somebody? Is there someone there to that you could go talk to?
2: Oh yeah, they they allow you to go talk to the chaplain, but most people just pass on that situation because. When you hear about these stories, it's always best to just go in and sell. And if you have a study, that's the only person that needs to know. If, if you don't have a study, then you, you breathe the way you breathe. And in, in, in outside of the uh, observation of other people, who for the most, most of them could care less. I mean, you might have, and that, like, back to the thing, when you say the brotherhood, it'd it'd be some of the guys, for whatever reason, if it's a situation, I might play basketball with this dude, or might play cards with this dude, or even work with this person, they'll show a little bit more compassion. But by then, it's because you might have already shared some stories about other things with this individual to feel comfortable to discuss that with him.
0: Yeah, that has to be hard because um, my heart, like I say, my heart goes out to people that I personally know. Um, when I hear of a family member or someone passing away and I know that their close family or son or grandson or brother or father is in prison at that time, that is like the worst feeling um, because my my father died and my brother had just went to just jail like not the pen actually no I take that back it was his first time doing like 8 months in a penitentiary and I think he was like in Nor- uh, Norco or some somewhere up that way and um, my dad passed away and my brother couldn't be here for that and um, that's something that people have to deal with for the rest of their life. Right. you know that loss so it's, it's hard enough to to mourn someone, but I think I think it's easier for us on the outside because we at least get to you know get with our family, we hug each other, we do whatever we got to do, oh, yeah. uh, and we yeah. spend time together. And we kind of you know never want right. to say you move on, but you you keep moving, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that that was a good question. I I was glad you asked me because you already know And, and even sometimes, because let me make sure I throw that part up in there. It is some of the some of the the homeboys and the homegirls. The same thing. That, that's family. Yeah. So losing them is 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 like a similar situation as losing certain relatives.
0: And I think just just knowing that feeling of just losing people while you are behind there. Right. Like and like I think every time you would I mean for me, every time I would lose someone, it would just take me back to me being in there in in the first place. It'd like take me all back again, you know? Right.
2: Mhm. Yeah, 'cause this it's that's something I had thought of a long you know, while a while ago and maybe maybe probably me and uh, Me and my mom, or probably me and my male might have talked about it. It's like, this place, it it could desensitize a person in a way, but but a person should never allow it to dehumanize.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. And
2: for everything that a person missed out on, it has been times I've called out here, and it might be during the the middle of somebody's wedding. It might be times I call out here and find out, about somebody's child or parent who passed away and is no matter what people in that moment they'll you know i be glad it happened a lot of times they'll forget that i'm in prison but i tell them now go ahead and share the information because i'm gonna need to know anyway
0: yeah for sure
2: and it ain't, ain't, you know what I'm saying, it's never an easy thing to deal with because shit, it it still be days right now where I'm looking at pictures of Tish and the struggle is is
0: real. Yeah, I bet, I bet. That was your little sister, you know? I can only imagine. It's like my uncle was in there and I remember my grandmother's sister passed away, my, my aunt Mert, and I remember my family, like... Everybody was like, oh, well, you know, John don't have to know. He can't do nothing inside, you know. So I remember when my uncle got out, like, nobody told him apparently. And we were talking about something, and someone said, you know, something, something, well, when ain't Mert passed away. And I just remember his face, and I remember him not knowing that she was dead. And he still didn't know when he got out. So I remember just, you know, it's kind of a fucked up situation either way.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. But it, it's, it, in my opinion, it's always best to let, let
0: people know. Yeah. It's I think that sometimes people, let, people make know, the wrong decision. The they think is, they is some
2: somebody. Point, if it's somebody that we close enough with and care enough about, we're going to eventually ask about that person.
1: Yeah.
2: We're going to ask about that person. And it, 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 it don't matter how flawed people might think our life is for being in here. It don't matter how flawed. People may think that that individual life is for whatever they doing out here, but we're going to ask about them no matter And what. I agree,
0: and people shouldn't make that decision, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: People should not make that decision. So, uh, Minister Jay, before you went in, did you ever have any children? No. Okay, okay. Well, that's a good thing. Shit, you don't have to be dealing with that on top of everything else. Yeah. Do you have
1: any words for the young children? The ones that are on their way?
0: Out here running amok? Yeah.
2: You said, Do I have any words?
1: Do you have any words for the young children out here running amok?
2: Oh, yeah all the time I mean if if the opportunity presents itself, I try to tell them you know, go into this different path because you got nowadays it's more it's more methods of being able to find out information, and I tell people all the time like listen, grow up and y'all really truly go be what you want to be, and whatever it is that they may want to be in life, whether I agree with it or not. I try to help them on that path to do what they need to do. Because you have some people that's faking the phone. They'll tell people, oh, don't be a police, or don't be a prosecutor, or don't do this. Majority of these people is faking. uh, uh, Stacey and Tamika, I could tell both of y'all that.
1: Well, we saw that that one story about a lady, a counselor, (laughs) told a lady, uh, told a young girl, well, you might as well just go be a prostitute. She told her that, and I think it was recorded. There was something on the news about, like, a counselor that told this one young girl, you might as well be a prostitute or something like that, and I think she was recorded, or the young girl went back to her mom. The, um, The counselor got fired, but we don't even know why she even like said that to the young girl but you've got people out there just telling people to do all kinds of crazy shit just because of their situation
0: well let's hold up i don't know the situation because i wasn't listening to that but i will say this a lot of times people aren't saying things because they mean go be a prostitute maybe her fucking action and behavior and how she was behaving this is the counselor said to her boy you might as well go be a prostitute have you ever said something to somebody so you can get through their head what the fuck they need to do or which route they're going in. Maybe she could have said it a little better, but we always looking at the little picture, not the big picture. Maybe the young girl out there fucking everybody ain't getting shit done, ain't doing shit she supposed to do. So the girl said, well, you might as well just go be a hooker. Maybe sometimes if somebody say something to you like that, you think to yourself, Oh shit, am I acting like a hooker? I'm serious. And switch up your life and switch up your game because you thought about it now. Somebody actually put something on your head.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, see, if she, if she out there like that and it seems like they can't get her under the control, then they better all taking her to work out of the instead of just throwing her out on the street. Now you're
0: going to be in trouble like the counselor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. nah, I mean, shit. Because the counselor is but, but the point I'm making is sometimes, because I am like that, i am like that when i'm talking to people i love my niece and nephews i will say something rude to them yeah my brother he was fucking around all alone dope and shit he was looking so handsome next thing you know you see him a year later you look in a fucking mess and i told him i was like you fucking looking ugly right now and my sister was like you don't have to talk to him like that i said well guess what if when he get tired of me calling him ugly maybe he'll do something about it so, you see what I'm saying? Right. Maybe the counselor was giving her hard love, tough love. But so, yeah, the counselor right, should have talked right to the mama and told the mama that. That's what the right.
1: mama needed to do, or the counselor needed to do. But sometimes the mamas are it. the
0: problem.
1: Okay, well, the mama no. got her
0: fired. Yeah, I bet she did. Yeah. No, big, no good bitches always come through for no good. I don't know the whole story. I don't know if the counselor was in the wrong or if the, <laughs> who was in the wrong. All I'm saying is. You know these no good ass mamas nowadays. They always come to the bat for their kids on some bullshit at the last minute, but they never there when them kids need the real shit. Right. When, when it's but, in the process. But apparently the young girl needs to be talking to a counselor. So what is the mama doing? Because if you if you a mama and you on your shit, the counselor ain't fucking needed that often, unless you need to holler at the counselor. Right. Because ain't. If nice. you on your shit as a parent. Yeah. So, but I bet you, as soon as the daughter come home and say, she said I should be a prostitute, mama probably hopped up off some dick herself and was like, no, she didn't say that. I'm about to go over here. No, she didn't call you no hooker. Oh, that was hard. I'm just saying, it (laughs) happens all the time. (laughs) That was hard.
1: Well, and the fact that they had that on TV and it just happened to be a black counselor, a black child just puts us in this
0: light now i would have been that counselor getting fired <laughs> i would have been her like oh so you just want to go out and be a prostitute <laughs>
1: oh i forgot what i saw that was probably some instagram story that went up on there because they had one where the teachers were saying something about the mom this mom she like full figure real thick and they were like, we need to fire her because of the way she dresses. And it ain't really like the way she dresses. She wearing a regular, you know, regular clothes. It's just her booty. Back. It's just her booty and her, and her, and her, um, what do you call it? And her shirt. A black shirt. woman got a black woman
0: body. Yeah.
1: Basically. Or she has, she half black, half uh, Spanish or something like that. But they all wanted to get together and fire her. So it's like, you know, people need to understand that we need to prepare our children to not put their asses in jail. The mothers,
0: the fathers, all of that, they need to prepare their children for I, not getting into jail. I'm just a big believer in everybody has a part to do. Um, so it start with the parents. You teach your children right from wrong. Okay, you do your fucking best. When I see people that I know have put in time with their kids and their kids end up fucked off, I don't ever say, oh, they're horrible parents. I'd be like, shit, their parents tried. Because I know they did because you, you saw the action. But... I mean a lot of times even as when I was a young kid, if I if I was in a situation, it literally takes you five seconds to tell your fucking self, Hey, get it together. Or hey, let me go to class. Or hey, let me not have no attitude with my mama. Or hey, it takes you as a person. I don't care a fuck what your mama's doing. I don't care what your daddy's doing. I don't care what your cousins is doing. You have to have your own fucking mindset. Well, we we always been strong-willed uh, children ourselves. But then you have the children
1: that are unfortunate in the situation where they don't have a lot of support. Like me and you, we had our grandmother's support. We didn't. Our mothers could be off doing other shit. My but mama had, was we, off doing. other shit. Yes, support. and my mother was off doing shit. I had my grandmother. So we are fortunate to have our grandmamas. Girl,
0: let me tell you. So have you seen the grandmother today?
1: That's why these children are my, probably unfortunate.
0: <laughs> so that yeah the grandparents said, of today are not to? grandparents. they're just not grandparents. Well
2: see you you gotta live it on me. sometimes people could still come from, from, from good families, but just slip up and make a mistake.
1: Of course One or two mistakes That's okay
2: I mean but sometimes that one mistake Could be so big That it land a person
0: like what happened to me Oh I agree we make mistakes I do agree we make mistakes But some people are just continually Over and over And over You know how many people make so many mistakes Before they even get in your situation No no no, yeah I get that And still don't try to get it right uh, yeah, see, judge it, give you it's, probation. Yeah. Judge put you in a, you know, anger management class. Judge, judge charge you some fees. Still free though. Still mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. You yeah. go back out the, the the courthouse and you back on some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right, daddy, right.
2: Uh, top. And, and, and see, I mean, and that that's one of the things too though that I've learned from doing all this time with me here, because like when the people. A person ain't mandated to parole back to the county where they got arrested at, right? So, in that sense, I would tell a lot of these brothers, like, don't go back to the areas where you knew that you already failed at. And if you did learn a skill set in here, you know what I'm saying? Take that skill set to a, another county or another state and make it happen.
0: All right, so because listen, we got the, about we got about five more minutes on this podcast, so I wanted part, to...
2: The other part is what I was going to say, definitely to throw this in, is so both of y'all would know, I plan on getting out of here and taking the bar exam, right?
1: Nice. As you should. I was going to ask you, what are you going to do when you get released? So I'm going to cross that off, my question.
2: And they're going to more than likely tell me to either parole to L.A. County or to Orange County, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get out there, be the best person that I can. If I can't become a lawyer, then I try to get a job in journalism or on the radio or something and turn Minister J into the reality
0: nice well one thing i'll say just from talking to you all this time um since you've been in there and we've been chatting and stuff i'm i will say that i think that you can do um anything you put your mind to and i think you're very intelligent and i think that you can pretty much go wherever you want to go it's up to you thank you for that you're welcome So we got about six more minutes
1: for the podcast. Um, You got any more questions? Yes,
0: actually, I do have a question. I wanted to, if you can sum it up really quickly, what is one of the nicest things that you have seen? I mean, the nicest things that can come up the top of your head that you have seen happen while you've been in prison. And then I also want to know one of the scariest situations you've been in while being in there.
2: You said, what's the nicest thing? That the, the nicest thing, thing you've in seen here. in
0: there, yes.
2: Oh, the nicest thing is always the times when I get visits. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the scariest of things to be involved in is being involved in the riot.
1: Because,
2: yeah. you know, they could, they got these mini-14s up in here, so they can shoot them guns whenever. And then there ain't nothing to jump and hide behind but another human being.
0: That is scary. That is scary. Now besides your visits, have you seen anything nice that happened behind the cells for anybody or any situation? or is that just have non-existent
1: seen,
2: have I seen something nice that happened to somebody else
0: or just any anything that like set on your mind that's like very heartful situation where you just thought it wouldn't even happen in there inside there
2: oh, well, well, outside this is from the people that we know one of the best things that happen is we have these volunteers that come in here and teach these self-help groups right Okay. and the, the men and the women you know what I'm saying they always, they don't get paid for this stuff, so as volunteers, the sometimes they drive in 100 miles or 200 miles to come in here and help us, and then there's somebody in them that they'll offer a person a place to live, as well as a place to work.
0: Now That's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm.
2: All and right. then when, when, uh, because see, the, the time, they just closed down the day room program right now, so this dude probably will come through in a couple minutes, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the thing is, since I'm working on this script, because I'll be writing plays and all that type of stuff myself, right? Nice. Some of the stuff I'm gonna put it in the script. That I would want y'all to read, and then on the paper you will see some of them same questions that that, that Tamika just asked, of get other answers is with that.
0: Okay. Well, we'll be What's ready. Saying? We'll be ready to read that when you have them ready. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to tell you that I did get your link to, uh, I think it was called Locked Up. It's a podcast. Yeah. And I was listening to some gentlemen, and um, they were just talking about being locked up uh, different prisons during COVID-19 lockdown. And one thing that really was like heartfelt for me, listening to a guy talk about how his son, who had nothing to do with him, reached out because of COVID-19 so he was thinking about how many people done died from COVID-19 and he was telling people that he was actually blessed by COVID-19 so not always everybody felt like COVID-19 ruined their lives you know shit like for me COVID-19 it
2: it definitely wasn't lies and you know for a fact it was it was real in here
1: Hi everyone, this is Stacey R. at Some Real Shit Podcast, streaming everywhere for your listening pleasure. Thanks to Spotify Anchor. Without Spotify Anchor, I wouldn't be able to create Some Real Shit Podcast great again. Anchor makes everything so easy from recording, editing, and even distribution. The tutorials and guides are so easy to follow. It's child's play. I also want to thank Spotify for getting me through my day. I have created over 500 plus songs playlists and divided them from old school rock, alternative, underground, country, rap, or R and B. And on Sundays, I fill gospel. Thanks, Spotify Anchor, for some real shit podcast. I appreciate you.
0: All right, Minister Jay. So we were definitely talking about COVID nineteen um we were talking about how people really just i mean was going through it especially i can only imagine how the prison system was because we were out here free um and everybody was going crazy so i can only imagine what you guys were dealing with inside of there
2: here, here's the thing with the coleman 19 situation it's breaking up so i didn't catch the real question clearly right
0: gotcha basically okay. i'm just talking about i wanted you to tell more tell the audience more about um you know the struggles behind the prison walls with COVID-19
2: the 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 struggles for us was the fact that it went to the point that they shut down the business for an entire year they also shut down transfers for about eight months or maybe to a year but for the most part, being on a, in a level four prison, is pretty much the same, because at the level four prisons, it's a lot of modified programs anyway. But for the guys that's in the level, level one prisons or level twos, it hurt them more because they were still forced to go to work, whereas the level four people don't have to go to work like that. It's more resistance because more people on level fours are lifers. The guys in the level ones and level twos had to continuously comply, bend, and twist in methods that the prison system told to because those jobs never could shut down. Prison industry is at its highest populations in the lower level prisons. So Mm -hmm. furniture making, clothes making, the uh, license plate, food, and everything else is handled at those lower levels.
0: Okay. Well, um like I was saying about the podcast that I heard, you not all situations were bad. Um I heard I heard a gentleman talk about how during COVID-19, his son who had nothing, literally nothing to do with him the entire time he was in prison. Um he he basically stated that when Everyone started talking about like Solano and different prisons were having it so hard and people were dying inside the prisons and catching COVID-19 that his son reached out to him because his son at that point was like, hey, my dad's in there. I wonder how he's doing. Is he still alive? And I think that a lot of times when situations happen like that, people are so used to being alive and you think nothing's going to ever happen to someone. And then so his son can go around acting like that that whole time and not talking to him and having a holding a grudge. But then when he sees that people are in his prison dying, it made him think like, is my dad dying? Is he dead? You know, so the guy literally reached out to his father and that made his dad so happy. And they actually is starting a relationship now because of COVID-19. So it was nice to hear a good story come out of that also.
2: yeah I think I
0: over with this podcast day right the podcasting that we're going to have to edit now dang no you know we're going to keep that on there make it real exactly
1: we got some real shit that's what's up like that so when hit the
2: door I'm like oh but but see that's the thing where like I'm saying the board levels could see out I wasn't here at this spot when the, when the, when the COVID was at its worst stages, right? Yes. And so, like I say, the more levels is is what had it the worst. I was level four, so we didn't have it that bad. And they know, all oh, at a level four, is quicker for people to just go on strike and be like, no, we not work, and that's that.
0: I heard that.
2: But people after
0: level ones and level twos,
2: it's more people that got release dates. So when you got a release date, you ain't trying to do nothing to make your sentence six months longer or a year longer or and something I like that. And I can dig
0: it. I can dig it. That's for sure. Well, all I can tell you is Minister Jay is that this sister hope. Holds- I don't even get a speeding ticket, okay? I don't want to go to jail. I can't go to jail. Audience members, let me tell y'all, I'm scary. (laughs) Let
2: me tell y'all something right here, and I want y'all to look up this lady named
0: Joyce Ann Brown, right? Yes, we writing it down now. Was called,
2: I want to say that her book was called Justice Denied, because I I got a book list somewhere with the with the men and the women after been wrongfully convicted, right?
1: Uh-huh.
2: So for both of y'all, always do this. If you ever get stopped by the police, whether walking or driving, make sure that your phone is recorded. Okay. Yeah,
0: everybody does that nowadays.
2: Yeah, make sure that your phone is recorded oh because it is, is, I
0: don't want nothing to, I do Not Stacey because they're going to be, she's like a good that. citizen. <laughs> but there's women that have been
2: being convicted for things that they never done. Sometimes they wouldn't even in the state that the crime happened in, but here it is, they landed
0: in
1: prison. Okay, we'll do that. Not let only. Me,
2: let me make sure I get this up in there too oh. As as uh, on this thing. This lady, Tamika Brazil, is an amazing person.
0: Thank y'all. Thank (laughs) y'all.
2: And I thank God for this opportunity to be able to have this discussion with y'all like this.
0: Awesome real shit. My
1: last question is, how's the food up in there?
2: How's the food? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mediocre.
1: Mediocre. So not like they all talk about. There's a podcast so with this guy talking a, so about jailhouse food. So has to order
2: canteen <laughs> and has to order packages to truly survive.
0: Mm. No filet mignon, huh? I know my nephew was in there for a week and he was already skinny. He lost an extra 10 pounds in a week because he wasn't eating nothing. Because he ain't eating that And age? that was oh. just like the county food. Yep. Yeah, he's used to that good food. Well, Minister Jay, I appreciate you on some real shit. Appreciate you. I know Stacey appreciate you. We appreciate you finding the time to be able to um, join the podcast. And we hope that um, we can do another segment with you soon. Oh,
2: Yo, yeah. I hope so also.
1: Yep. And hopefully we could do it in person too next time. Not next time, but you know.
2: Will Stacey, say your part
1: one more time. I said I hope. That we could do it in person in the future.
0: Oh, yeah, for certain, for certain. Most definitely. Certain. And that's like on, some hey. on some real shit. Awesome, real shit. Awesome, real shit.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Some Real Shit Podcasts. Thank you to Minister J for this information on how life is when you're on lockdown. Message me on Spotify or whatever platform you're using. If you like this episode or any other episode, follow us, hit that notification and share to your friends on the next time.